0: Well, just in the nick of time, my refrigerator turned on, so at least we have that nice droning hum in the background for for this. The start of the Spooktacular, the spookiest beer podcast in the season. And the good news is Rob Curry has provided us with a spooktacular theme song. Rob Curry, why don't you take it away, sir? machine hadn't gone live yet but we are live now on instagram on youtube here on the toronto beer podcast with me your host chris schreier this is a spooktacular episode as you would imagine hello kevin because it is of course the spookiest night of the year it's spooktacular halloweeny goodness it's halloween it's halloween right here in toronto Bit of a drizzly one out there, but the kids, they soldiered on, and actually it was dry for most of it, so that wasn't too bad. We were out, of course, handing out some candy. Uh, Our bowl has been picked bare, so it is time to record a podcast, as I think most people do once they're done handing out Halloween candy, they think to themselves, well, what could we do? Oh, and here's Rob Curry himself. Hello, Rob Curry. Um... And they think to themselves, what, what should I do after handing out candy to uh, delightfully um, uh, costumed children in my neighborhood? And if um, record a podcast isn't the first thing that you think of, you have different proclivities than me. But I digress. It is Halloween now. I teased the crap out of the beer I was going to do um, this week, like tonight, right now. I teased it last week, and I did it in a way that was... I mean, delightfully transparent. Anybody who knows anything about anything, especially about me, knew exactly what beer I was telegraphing that I was going to drink tonight, but then, ha ha ha, jokes on me, they didn't make that beer this year, and they didn't make it last year or the year before. Yeah. And by the way, they is Great Lakes, and the beer in question is Saison de Pump, which, for the record, is... Pretty much the only pumpkin beer I've got any time (laughs) for. And I messaged Troy from Great Lakes and said, Dude, why can't I find Saison to Pump on the LCBO website? And he said, Because we didn't make it. And we haven't in a few years. So, joke's on me. (laughs) Beer I wanted to do doesn't exist. But... And actually, by the way, before I get to that butt, here's a different butt, and it's a big butt, and maybe you like them, and you cannot lie. This is a big butt. I went onto the LCBO website and searched pumpkin beers, and the selection left something to be desired. I gotta tell ya, I was not blown away by the selection of pumpkin beers at the LCBO this year. Now, I do have access directly to breweries, but unfortunately for me, I am the kind of insufferable hipster that has a core group of breweries that I do buy beer from pretty regularly. I'm not going to lie to you, there's three of them. I'm not going to say specifically which three they are, but I promise you, none of them made a pumpkin beer this year. Pretty sure, none of them made a pumpkin beer last year. Or the year before, or maybe the year before that. Oh, hello, Bossa Nova Tio. The point of the story is, I'm just not a pumpkin beer kind of guy, and the breweries I like to buy beer from, there's a reason why I buy beer from them. But anyway, I did go to the LCBO, who had what I would define as a unexciting selection of pumpkin beers great lakes but uh, yeah i said it was great Lakes saison de pump their pumpkin ale was available and if you want a straight up pumpkin ale you could you couldn't do much better than that that's it's it's right there it's got pumpkins in it tastes like beer it's a pumpkin ale banging um I wanted something a little bit. (laughs) She joke might be on me. I wanted something a little bit more interesting. Um, There were two, count them, two pumpkin porters available. Well, hey, Porter. Hey, Porter. What time did it say? I did pick up a pumpkin porter. I picked it up. this uh, This is Tales from the Patch. Pumpkin Porter from Big Rig Brewing out of hmm, somewhere east of here, I think, Canada. That's a suburb of Ottawa, if we all agree that we're going to give Ottawa city status enough to deserve suburbs. And for the record, I don't. It's just a town outside of Ottawa. But I realize some people do call it a suburb. That would imply that Ottawa is itself an herb And I have some questions about that. But we don't need to get into civic politics. We're here to drink beer. It's Halloween. I've had some candy. One of my kids is back with a not insignificant pillowcase full of candy, including a number of full-sized chocolate bars because we live in a very bougie neighborhood. Um, The bigger one's not back yet. I hope he's not out there TPing someone's house or egging someone's house or doing some other form of semi-invasive vandalism to somebody's house. But I know him. He's a good kid. If he is, he'd clean it up when he's done. Anyway, uh, we are going to drink this Big Rig Brewing tails from the Patch. No, I'm not pairing any candy with it. We're just going to go ahead and drink it straight up. I will tell you what you should eat with it, though. And depending on how this goes... It might be candy. Oh, 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 oh. a friend of mine has just messaged me. My Instagram was hacked. Don't open anything from me. We just had an interaction on Instagram in comments. I'm a little worried. I think I'm okay. I use something called two-factor authentication, and I cannot advise you enough that this is something you should also do. It makes it... Real hard to hack your account. Like, you can give somebody your password and your login credentials, and they still can't get in unless they have your phone physically in their hands. That's, my friends, why I would recommend two factor authentication. Any service that you can use that has two factor authentication, I recommend you do it. Similarly, anytime you need to log into some sort of a website, And one of the options is log in using Google or Apple. Definitely do that. Definitely do that. Let Google and Apple handle your privacy details. I realize that means you're sinking a lot of eggs into one basket. But that's just kind of what we have to do. The good news is they really don't want to get hacked. And to be fair, Google and Apple... Don't get hacked that often because the people who can hack them tend to work for them. So they've kind of evened the keel out that way. Anyway, I've been sitting here talking for a long time. You didn't need digital security advice from me, but if you want it, I'll give you more. I got some other hot tips. One password. Just saying. Look it up. You need it. If you're not using a password manager. Well, you might as well be publicizing what your password is. Anyway, I digress. Let's uh, pour this delicious-looking beer for the kids at home on the video screen. Always challenging on the video screen. Well, hey, I can tell you already, it looks like a porter. So we're off to a good start. Tried to get some of that sound in the microphone. I don't know if we got there or not. This is Big Rig Brewing Tales from the Patch. Pumpkin Porter. I do have some interesting history about pumpkin beers, which I will um, share with you shortly, but not right now. Right now, I'm going to smell this beer, and then I'm going to stick it in my mouth and taste it. Well, I'll tell you this it smells like pumpkins (laughs) to be fair more than I was expecting. Yeah. It smells like cooked pumpkin. Pumpkins, one of those tricky ones. And I, I say this frequently, you gotta be careful. You gotta, you gotta check in with yourself. You gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself, if you will. Um, not uncommon for a, I was going to say a Western, not even a North American, specifically a Canadian or an American. I don't know other places that make pumpkin pie the way that we do. If you're a Canadian and/or American, and/or, let's go with or, American, when you smell cooked pumpkin, your brain will immediately start layering in the aromas of clove. Uh, Maybe some cinnamon, some ginger, maybe some nutmeg, depending on how creative the person in your life who made the pumpkin pies when you ate pumpkin pies as a child, uh, what their proclivities in the spice cupboard were. might just be a generic pumpkin spice. The point is, the instant you smell cooked pumpkin, your brain is going to immediately start adding things. So when I smell this and I go, Mm, it smells pumpkiny. My brain also goes, yeah, and did you catch a little whiff of ginger and maybe some clove? To which the smarter part of my brain goes, no. No, I... I think I just smelled pumpkin. But the problem is, and we talk about this all the time, friends, pattern recognition's a real thing, and your brain goes... Oh, you're smelling cooked pumpkin. Well, you're also smelling these other things. I don't think they're in there, but they might be. Maybe I'm not getting tricked. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm bluffing myself the way that Matt Damon bluffed. Um, oh, What's that guy's name? Out of. Uh, out of Rounders, you know, um, John Malkovich. Yeah. Maybe my brain is double bluffing me a la matt damon and john malkovich maybe there are spices in here but no i mostly just smell pumpkin and uh i'm really looking for the malts here there's a little bit of a charred kind of sugar thing which you would expect just fyi it's a porter but now mostly what i'm mostly what i'm getting is pumpkin And my brain really wants to tell me spices. I might have to listen to my brain. Interestingly. Interestingly. I almost get a whiff. Again, we're only talking about smell right now. I haven't even tasted the dang thing yet. I almost get a whiff of lactose off of this. I'm kind of looking at the can. I'm not reading it. I'm just looking at the front. I think they would have advertised that. I think I should know if there is. I don't think there is. I think there's just something sweet going on in there. Anyway, I am going to taste it now. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm going to actually taste this. Hmm. Okay, well, interestingly, on the palate, it's much more portery. There's a nice uh, d- uh, dark roasted malt quality that um, it's beyond brown bread. It's uh, like pumpernickel-y, not too um, molassesy, but there's a little hint of that. Nice dark roasty malt. Uh, hang on. Trying to get catch if there's any cocoa or chocolate, which is a not uncommon flavor profile in porter. Not necessarily getting that here. And 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 the point of my, uh, you know, uh, surprised reaction. There is um, there is some pumpkin to this beer, without a doubt. But it's it's actually. It's it's significantly more subtle than I was expecting um, th- th- than based on the way it, that it smelled. I thought it was going to be sort of pumpkin juice with some porter in the background. It, this is actually not. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Big Rig. But what I was about to say is this is actually not that bad. I'm sorry that that's the way that I enter the conversation with uh, you and Beers. I will also put out there, um, you kind of earned that one. That one's not on me. That's on you. So apologies. Uh, This is pretty solid uh, for what it is, which is an interesting Halloween-y porter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dark, roasty malts. uh, Not not touching on smoke yet. It's not that dark. Um, Yeah. Very dark brownish bread. Toasty for sure. Again, uh, like a touch of molasses, but not much. Uh, And then some cooked pumpkin. Um, I'm going to go with definitely no spices at least i'm not picking them up on the palate my brain really wants there to be but there aren't and i'm kind of glad of that i not everything has to be pumpkin spice this time of year psl for life you know as the kids say uh no i don't feel that i i enjoy um other things this time of year i do like a pumpkin pie with spices it's required but not on everything Yeah, that's, that's sound. That's solid. It's not blowing my mind. It's a mildly pumpkin-y porter. It's tasty. I am going to go to the can and make sure that I'm not wrong about this spicing. Oh, well, it does say spices. Oh, there's lactose in it. Oh, there's also oats. Interesting. I don't get as much lactose on the Palate, although there is some weight to it. But funny enough, I just assumed that was the pumpkin. Pumpkins have a, well, not a lot of sugar, but they have sugar in them, and they can add some body to a beer. But there is actually lactose in here. That just goes to show that I am not a total hack. Mm. Oh, by the way, Ben Johnson said a lot of things. Oh, and Saren put one to know, what am I enjoying this for the record? Kids tales from the patch from Big Rig Brewing. This is a pumpkin porter. Uh, ben says this is as sassy as Chris gets, and he is here for it. Uh, for what it's worth, they are a few tasters. I agree with as often. Oh, yeah. E- e- yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Ben. I'm with you too, buddy. Oh, my sister just joined in. Hello, Sarah, my sister. Um, Yeah. This beer, it's pretty good. It's it's not massive, but it's pretty good. It's a nice porter. There's some good pumpkin-y taste. There are some spices, it turns out. Which, interestingly enough, I will point out, probably means that they were used subtly enough that I was able to tell myself, no, 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 your brain's just telling you that they're there. No, they are there. They're just delicate, which is not something you can say for a lot of people who mess around in the pumpkin beer world. So cheers to you on that one, Big Rig. The lactose is interesting. I, I don't taste any milkiness on my palate, but there's a lot of... Uh, malt um, things happening from the porter I can definitely still smell it, but I would have thought I was crazy, but there is, there's lactose in there, so eh. how about that glad I wasn't congested tonight, picked that one up and yeah, I mean the pumpkin's nice, Um, pumpkin can be tricky it can get a little vegetal which is to say it tastes of vegetables Uh, My sister wants to know, does it pair well with mini chocolate bars? Yeah, everything pairs well with mini chocolate bars. That's the point. (laughs) Incidentally, it's a porter. So, yeah, chocolate and it are boom. Like I said, I don't get any cocoa off this beer, but they're going to work well together. Uh, If you really want to do the candy pairing right. um, Sadly, there aren't a lot of pumpkin uh, flavored um, uh, candies, but... Because of the lactose and the chocolate, if you've got some boxes of milk duds with this beer, going to blow your mind, kids. Get yourself some milk duds with this, um, what do we call it? Tales from the Patch Pumpkin Porter from Big Rig Brewing. Uh, yeah, like I say, solid. I'd point out it's available at the LCBO, but kids, you missed it. I'm sure they will still have some. And this is the problem with seasonal beers. Um, <laughs> actually, Ben Johnson's still here. He can tell you the problem with seasonal beers. Sometimes they stick around for longer than they should. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want a pumpkin beer in November, feel free. You might even get it at a discounted price. Mm-hmm. But it is available at the LCBO right now. That is where I bought it. This is Tales from the Patch Pumpkin Porter. Big Rig Brewing. Yeah. A a fine porter with a bit of a pumpkin-y bite and some spices and some lactose. I mean, it's, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid. And, again, with apologies to Big Rig, but I'm apologizing for just saying things that I think are true. Um... A lot of the beers that I get out of Big Rig are just kind of meh. They're not bad. They just, I'm just like, yeah, okay, but could could we have done better? They're a solid B-minus kind of across the board. So I, again, and, and to be clear, I have certainly not sampled their array of beers. Uh, there might be some A-pluses in there that I've never had the pleasure of having. But for the most part, um, and for me, to be honest with you, it's typically at a festival is when I'm going to have some big rig. And to be fair to big rig, that's not the ideal circumstance to be getting an insight into the beer. Um, But that would be typically where I would have it. And my general impression is always, again, not bad, never a bad beer, but just a lot of beers that I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I could I, I could drink that that's okay but I, I want a beer that makes me kind of like interested that like makes me go, oh hello Whoa, what are we doing here now this beer it's not quite to the hello what are we doing here level but it's it's pretty tasty it I definitely took a little bit of time to unpack it so out of the gate we're doing pretty good uh yeah it's this is good this is a good beer I'm going to have another sip. And then I know I did a little thing about milk duds and we are going to revisit that, but then we're also going to talk about something else because I think I have a thing for this beer anyway. Mm. Oh, golly, I'm getting a phone call. I have to stop that. Oh, we're back on Instagram. Oh, we're back. Yep, 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 Yep. Oh, my Instagram machine's going mad right now. Hi, Instagram. I hope we're okay. I lost two viewers in that period. <laughs> anyway, Joel, I'll forgive you. My friend Joel tried to call me. He's been trying to get a hold of me for the past two days. One might argue that I am not a good friend. The good news here is while Joel is a friend of the podcast, Joel does not listen to this or any other podcast. So that's nice. Oh, Kevin says I'm back. Sorry, Kevin. I got a phone call. Uh, and apparently that really the Instagram machine doesn't like that. Uh, anyway, what are we going to do with this? Well, as noted, if you are digging through your children's uh, uh, Halloween candy or yourself, um, a lot of the time we have leftover candy uh, or maybe you as an adult went out trick or treating, which let's be honest, that's a little weird. Um, actually, that's a kind of a red flag thing for mm-hmm. Uh, anyway but uh however you came to or maybe you went to the grocery store tomorrow which is now today because you're listening to this as a podcast not watching it live and you've you've procured um some uh discount bags of candy however you've come upon this uh this booty of halloween candy if you are drinking big rig tales from the patch pumpkin porter your first stop in the candy bag absolutely needs to be milk duds milk duds if you've never experienced these are these chewy chocolate covered um confections uh and the point is the center the dud i'm assuming i don't know but oh no wait that doesn't make any sense maybe the chocolate's the dud because they say milk duds The point is they're using lactose in these and they have a milky, creamy, sugary center uh, surrounded by chocolate. And that with this is going to be perfect because, again, as I said, the porter isn't notably chocolatey, at least not to my palate. Um, But there is some nice roasted malt quality, which the chocolate and that they're simpatico. They're a few degrees off from each other in the in the flavor world. And then the Milk Dud Center uh, with the lactose in this beer. Hey, that's going to be an easy that's an easy victory for everybody. If 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 you want to pair a Halloween candy, if you don't have a Milk Dud. Man, I feel really old because the next thing I'm going to mention, I also don't know if you typically get in children's candy. Uh, Next up, the Crunchy Bar. This is the. uh, what what do they call that? Um, sponge toffee. Yeah, sponge toffee covered in chocolate. Going to work really well here for many of the same reasons. Although in this context, the center is no longer lactose. It's um, it, it's actually a, a mix of cane sugar and corn syrup. Um, but uh, we're still in the same ballpark. And then maybe crispy um, Crunch. Krispy Crunch could work well. That'd be all right. Uh, if you want a pair of candies with this, uh, you're looking for chocolate and you're looking for sugar. That's if you if you can get both of those working, you're probably not going to be unhappy here. Uh, in terms of the pumpkin, not a lot of Halloween candy is very pumpkin forward. Unfortunately, suppose if you were on the Hogwarts Express, uh, you might pick up a, a pumpkin pasty which, of course, is a pumpkin pie, but not like we say pumpkin pie. This is a hand pie. I don't need to bore you with the details. It would probably work okay too. A pumpkin pasty. In real life, if you're not eating candy like a child, what would you eat with this? Well, it's an interesting beer because it's not uh, overly sweet, which sometimes you can get with pumpkin beers. there is that nice um for lack of a better term portery uh flavored nice roasted malts there's a bit of a vegetal uh pumpkin thing this is a beer that's going to go really well with a stew that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day however you want to make your stew just don't um (laughs) don't get crazy which is to say, make it not taste European Uh, man. Some days I'm so white. It hurts. Um, you don't want to start introducing a lot of other flavors in here. There are some really beautiful, delicious North African. You could say stews. Some people might say curries. You can call them whatever you want. The point is that we have those. We have access to those. Sorry. I just bashed my face off my microphone. Uh, But that's not what you're looking for necessarily uh, in this case. You're looking for a more typical European uh, stew. If you're uh, doing it with a joint of meat or any kind of meat, however you do your stew, by the way. Yeah, let's do this. If you're making a stew. With meat. and, And specifically mammalian meat. If you're using, like, um, like ground meat, like beef or whatever you prefer, ground, I mean, that's probably fine. And your friends will probably say, oh, that was a pretty good stew. But do you want to know how to make your friends actually care about your stew? It's going to require two things. And I mean, there's a lot of other things, but there's two main things. These are two things that only you can provide, you, right now, listening to this podcast or watching me live. There are a few of you. There's only two things. One is an actual joint of meat. Okay, could be lamb. It's hard with beef because cows are. real big, I suppose you could do veal, but just do lamb. Lamb's easy. You could also do goat. Uh, Goat works really well in this context. And really what you're looking for is is basically a chunk of leg. And by the way, if you, like me, don't eat meat, and especially if you don't eat meat from like an ethical point of view and the discussion of uh, the butchering and preparation of, uh, mammals bothers you. I'm inserting this, uh, PSA on the fly. So I don't know how long this is going to take, but we're going to be talking about cutting up meat, um, for a little while. So, uh, proceed with caution if this is a thing that might upset you. And, and if it does, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. Three, two. So what you're going to do is take this giant piece of meat, again, a joint, a leg. Lamb works best here is really what you're looking for. You want like a leg of lamb. That's really what you're going to do. And you need a pot big enough that it can contain at least most of that leg. Like up to the end, kind of the Fred Flintstone end, if you know what I'm talking about. And there's going to be veg in there and there's going to be stock in there. For sure. But the point is, it's basically going to be like soup at first. It's going to be very liquidy. And you're just going to simmer it. And that's where the second most important ingredient comes from. And that is time. You cannot make a stew in an hour or two or four or even six. A stew is at least an overnight endeavor. You've got that whole joint of meat in there, probably lamb, might be goat, or whatever. There, there are cuts of beef that you can do here. The important thing is you need bones and you need connective tissue. And, and I'm, I mean that very seriously. Just bones, not good enough. Uh, just connective tissue, well, actually, that would be super weird. Um, you, you need them both. You need bones and connective tissue. That's what you need, as I keep saying, a joint connective tissue and bones. And in a pot that's just simmering and bubbling gently, this liquid, if you took a, a measure of the liquid, it would be below boiling because the boiling is happening at the bottom. So the, the top, if you're measuring the liquid at the top, it's only going to be 97 degrees Celsius tops, maybe even be a little lower and those bubbles are moving up. You get these little puffs of steam, um, but because of temperature stratification, which is a, an amazing thing, and you should look into it, um, you will find that the top of the stew, well, it won't be boiling, and that's the point. You want that low simmer, and you want to cover it. And if your pot is like my pot, it's a huge pot that you do not have a lid for. You have to cover it with foil. And then you're just going to let that stock and those veg simmer. And here's the thing. All of the veg are going to completely break down. They're going to become mulch, pulp, nothing. So you only want to put about half of the total veg Into the pot at the beginning and then it's going to go and then you're going to put that on like let's say you want to have dinner at 6 p.m. on Saturday. You're probably going to want to have that on the stove going at like 10 p.m. latest on Friday and then it's just going to go and you're going to cover it and you're going to wake up Saturday morning and you are going to be so hungry it physically hurts you and I will put this out there. Even if you hate the taste of meat, you will still feel the same way because there's a lot of uh, chemical components that get released into the air in this process. And even for those of us who have stopped consuming mammals, uh, at least for the most part, if not entirely, we are unfortunately tied to our evolutionary past, which dictates that's high value protein and it smells like something you want to eat even if you don't want to eat it and you will be very very hungry anyway that stew will be simmering away and it will be it will become quite thick and again the bottom part will be much thicker than the top part you can you can get in there in the morning give it a stir you're going to find that joint of meat is not going to be uh particularly well held together at this point that's fine just let it go sometime around lunchtime on saturday you know you're five or six hours away from wanting to eat this is when the magic happens you're going to drop the rest of the vegetables in and we're talking carrots celery onions uh maybe some parsnip if you like that sort of thing maybe uh maybe some uh Uh, What's a swede called? What do we call swedes here? Turnips. Uh, Maybe some turnip. Uh, Maybe some carrots. I said carrots already. Peas. Maybe you want to put some uh, peas in there. Frozen or fresh. Your call. Uh, Whatever you like in your stew. You're going to put that in there. And by the way, even with the cover, this is going to have cooked down quite a bit. Now, at this point, you're going to take the cover off and you're just going to let it go. And it's going to be boiling and simmering and smelling amazing oh you need a a bokeh garni a a bouquet garni uh this is uh spices you know um rosemary for sure uh salt and pepper absolutely garlic 100 percent uh you might like a little sage in there uh maybe some parsley maybe some rosemary and thyme if you want to go full simon and garfunkel you do you but put some nice flavors in there once that's cooked down, even more. It's getting close to dinner time now. You're, you you want to eat at 6. It's like 3 p.m. Um, at this point, if you grab that bone in the joint of meat and lift it, uh, it's going to be the only thing that comes out of the pot. Everything else is going to stay behind. You do need to fish that out. There are going to be some yeah. crunchy bits in there. But if you pull those bits out, that meat is just going to fall apart into strings. And then the only thing you need to finish this with, and again... This is uh, not a vegan effort at all. You need some cream. And I mean cream, like whipping cream. You could use um, uh, table cream if you prefer, uh, if you're a lightweight. But let's just dump a good cup or two of whole cream into there. Mix that around. Check your seasoning. You're going to have to salt it. It will need some salt. Uh, And by some, I mean a lot. You know, 20, 30 grams. Uh, And then maybe uh, give it a montella burr, which is like just chucking butter in at the end to make it shiny. No one will complain about that. By the way, at this point, this is not a a health recipe. This is a delicious recipe. Uh, And that stew with this beer would be pretty solid is there a way you could make that stew just like i said but make it vegan uh no uh but could you get say close also probably no could could you get into an area where you could see that stew yeah yeah you could yeah there are things you can do there are plant-based options in this category um i will tell you Don't be afraid of our friend roasted cauliflower. It's pretty good. Uh, You can make yourself a stew, even if you're a vegan, but a nice, slow, just boiled down where you're concentrating flavors. That's what we're looking for with this beer, Uh, especially if you can get a little sugar caramelization, which definitely happens in a stew. Uh, This would be magic anyway. Hey, um, I normally kind of do this whole thing where I go, I'm gonna have a sip of beer, but I just had one, uh, and tell you about the events that are coming up. Uh, there are events and, um, you should look up beer events in your area and see what you can do. Um, I didn't go to any beer events this weekend and I don't even know if there were any to go to. I, there probably always are a few, but I didn't go to any, uh, But I did have a ball when I went to beer events last weekend. So I would counsel you if you've been holed up inside, you know, a lot of the COVID stuff, whatever. Beer events are happening. Get on out there. Look them up. There are some good ones and uh, see some friends. Have some beers. That's a good thing to do. Uh, I don't have any specifically to mention I got I've just I'm kind of dancing around this I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be remembering but I can't so with that in mind I'm going to say bonsoir good night adieu um hasta luego whatever you know whatever you like to say you have yourself a great night I hope you had a fun Halloween I hope you've got some candies and uh, you can eat them hey i suggested you drink uh this big rig Tails from the patch pumpkin porter and eat some milk duds with it hey do you have a cool beer candy pairing tag me take a photo of it and tag me in it on instagram at toronto beer podcast i would love to see that i'd love, like to see what your mixing and matching there's a lot of options out there especially funny enough if you're into sour beers you can have a ton of fun with a bunch of really fun sweet candies uh playing around with sour beers but that friends is a conversation for another halloween for this one is now done as far as i am concerned Concerned. This, as I noted, was Big Rig Tales from the Patch Pumpkin Porter. You can get this at the LCBO um, if you want after Halloween. Other than that, do you know what next week is? It's the first Monday in November. And as promised, I don't even know if anyone else is doing this. I haven't heard anything about it since. But I'm doing all say <laughs> Czech-style beers for November. Oh, that'd be great. No, Belgian. All Belgian style beers for the month of November. We're going to have some bangers. We're going to have some unexpected ones. We're going to have some ones I've never had before. There's only four weeks in November. How can we do all that? Well, I would advise you to tune in and see to this, the Toronto Beer Podcast. You know what? I don't even know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to say it. We're going to do it. That opening track from Rob Curry, that came from uh, the Curry Brothers Spooktacular Halloween album, which is available on Bandcamp. I will provide the uh, link to that. If you like the regular theme and you liked this theme, uh, probably we should hang out and listen to music sometime because... That ain't by accident. But regardless, if you feel that way about this music, please go and pick it up on Bandcamp. Uh, Rob Curry is a guy who runs a recording studio and an antique shop uh, in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Uh, His primary source of income is not uh, uh, Bandcamp. (laughs) Gosh, I hope, I don't think many people's primary source of income is Bandcamp, uh, no matter how much they try and make it about the artist. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't go on to Bandcamp pick up this album. It is a, a joy and a delight, uh, perfect for your spooktacular holidays. And, uh, and I'm just very thankful actually, uh, that I get to use these songs uh, and for the generosity of of Rob Curry. So check this song out. I'm going to play the whole dang thing. This is Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers from their Halloween EP, which you can get on Bandcamp in the link in the description. Unless you're watching live, you don't get to hear anything. That's what you get for being live. See you kids next week for the first week of Belgian Beer Life. Taxi will